Yo, what's good? This is Anna Morgan, and you're listening to Podducer. Podducer. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. We really appreciate your time. I like to start out with a fun little icebreaker question, which I ask all my guests on the long form, which is, what was your first concert? Uh, I actually like cut school. I used to listen to um, this radio station, like 92 K-Rock. Um, I grew up in the Bronx, I'm from New York. And uh, the first time I ever cut school was to go to a concert where it was like Korn and like Smile and like a few other metal bands, like new metal. I was 11. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I had a really good time. <laughs> I took the train all by myself. Really? I lived in the Bronx and this is at the South Street Seaport. So I took the train all the way through Manhattan when I was supposed to be in class. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. It was a free show. I kept hearing it on the radio. It was like being promoted like over and over again. And I was like, I want to go to that. Dang, city kids are just built different. <laughs> like I think of kids that are, grew up and I live in Chicago now, but like the kids that grew up in Chicago, they just have a different grit about them. Probably the same thing with New York, even though New York's even more intense. Do you feel that that's true? Like you meet people that are from the city and they just have like a little bit more um, street smarts? I mean, I think it's just out of necessity. Like I grew up um, during a, a really bad time in New York City, actually, it was like, you know, gunshots every night, like it, it was not good. So yeah, I think you kind of have to have your wits about you when you're in public, if you're in environments like that. Yeah, sure. So you said something about a radio show and I wanted to ask you because I saw somewhere that you had a radio show. Do you still have the radio show? Uh, I don't do radio anymore. That was a, a UK London based station called Radar Radio. Um, that uh, got canceled, yeah, during like the first wave of Me Too stuff. Um, but it was where a lot of like my friends like got their kind of starts to their career. Like um, Sicaria Sound had a show also on that same like radio station. Um, that's how I know them actually, or her now. Yeah. Um, I mean, think if there's anybody else, like people would know over here. Maybe like Oblig, I think was also on Radar, who's on Rinse now. Um, yeah, a lot of people that are like doing Rinse stuff now used to be on Radar. It was cool. Uh, I did it. It's basically like the first time I played at Outlook Festival, um, I did like a 160 kind of hybrid set. And uh, someone hit me up from that radio station and they were like, it was at a time when like no one was really playing that sound and there was no one playing that sound at that festival and it wasn't really like very well known in the UK. So they were asking me if I would like present it in a way that was also educating their audience. So I was able to like put a lot of my friends on and like, you know, showcase a really niche scene, which was fun. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Do you, um, were you talking on the radio show and also? 
of talking. A lot of interviewing. But because I didn't live in London, I like, you know, I, I would do my show and then send it in. Yeah. And I would talk too long. And then I'd be have sometimes like have like 30 minutes of conversation that I'd have to figure out how to edit to like fit into like 10 minutes. Yeah. There were a few shows where like the interviews were so interesting that I mostly made the show about that. And there were sometimes when I like interviewed like a vocalist or something, it would be mostly interview and then like a track you know of theirs yeah. and then chat and then a track of theirs sure. yeah that's like uh that's how we did it for a long time on our show track and then chat uh we do stuff on youtube now so it's kind of hard copyright stuff yeah. um but have you ever thought about getting back into the radio um it's a little hard to manage now like you know i'll still do like guest mixes and stuff but even that's a bit much to like keep up with because i'm like traveling most of the time now um i do like doing radio and mostly it's because you know a lot of the stuff i play is super niche and it's not really played um you know i i do club music so in festivals there's not a lot of people like playing club music in those scenarios and a lot of the tracks i play are from artists that like don't really have you know big audiences and they're my friends so you know it's that's the best thing i think about radio or like creating platforms where you can just like shine a light on your homies and your community yeah oh, totally that's what we're trying to do here so i completely agree you have a very eclectic sound you have a lot of different genres going on so I was just curious, like, where you're trying to pull from, and then I'll have a follow-up question there, too. Uh, so, yeah, in the set I play tonight, there's an artist that's Peruvian and Japanese that's from the UK. Uh, he goes by Aitoa. I played a track of his that actually has a vocalist. I don't know if you caught, there's like a 160 electro track with like a Japanese female vocalist on it. Okay. I played that. Um, one of the reasons I love that track is because, um, yeah, you know, you rep the people. Yeah. So in my hometown in New York, people actually know me more for like playing global club music. So like dancehall, reggaeton, dembow, baile funk, you know, Afro house. Um, that's what I did as a DJ before I ever started producing. But I was making a lot of like things that were influenced by sound system music. So like Jungle and like Chicago footwork. Here we are in Chicago. Yeah, I heard some footwork. Um, and um, I wasn't able to play any of that stuff in any of the ways that I was getting booked. And, but I was making like edits, like drum and bass edits and like footwork edits. Um, and, uh, and then when I started putting those up, I didn't know that you could actually like put them on because I was like, this is other people's music. I'm just like messing with it. But one of my big influences is a, a producer named Dr. Jeep, who's Brazilian and based in New York. And he was like, basically was like, uh, he brought me to a radio show to do like a radio show with him. Afterwards, he was like, I feel like we have the same exact taste. Like, do you produce? And I was like, well, I mean, kind of, but like, not really. And he was like, you know what? Come to my house and like bring your laptop, bring your projects. So I went to his house and I showed him a bunch of stuff and he like gave me some tips on how to finish tracks I was stuck with. Um, and then the next day on like uh, uh, Red Bull Radio, he played one of the edits out. And anytime I'd go see him play, he would like play tracks of mine. 
um, which was a huge push in the terms of like actually like learning more about production and like getting a little better at that it was like having someone that I looked up to then and still continues like I'm a huge huge fan you know um, he's become a dear friend but like I feel like we really need people like that people like him to like encourage young producers especially um, you know like women in the industry and so there's not a lot and sometimes they're a bit shy about sharing their music or um or even like how to start yeah so yeah i credit him with like kind of giving me the confidence to like um push a little bit more with production for sure yeah. for sure i you mentioned ballet 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 funk like where it's like brazilian and the person that comes to mind for me is sango do you know Sango? I, I guess I just like want an education on that. Well, the ballet franc rhythms are coming from the continent of Africa. Like pretty much all of the rhythms like in popular music, like hip hop, you know, um, it's really different from like what I grew up with in terms of like dance hall or like what's what like Afro-Caribbean stuff you know, it's actually quite different from like the ballet funk stuff. I just really like it, you know? It's like, it's ghetto hood music. I'm like, favela. it's favela music, which is yeah. like, have you, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with favelas, but yeah, yeah they're rough neighborhoods. Um, yeah. And uh, I think that for me, like, you know, as you said, like my sound is really eclectic. I feel like I couldn't not do that. I was like, born in Japan, my mom's Okinawan, my family's Jamaican, but like super mixed. I'm from the Bronx. I was raised in a Latin neighborhood, like Puerto Rican and Dominican neighborhood. Um, and so like, I would say the eclecticness of my sound is really just like, what you're hearing is like my life experiences, like where I've been, like what, um, and like what makes me who I am, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like it also probably opens you up to being more uh, able to take in other music because you're you already have such a wide base. Uh, I mean, I mean, I love all kinds of music, but I also am a bit of a snob. So you know, I mean, if you're a taste maker, you have taste, uh, your personal taste, right? So there's a lot of stuff you're also not gonna like very much too. For sure, yeah, no, and that's super important as well. Um, I'm curious, since you said you're a tastemaker, what are some sounds right now, genre-wise, that uh, you're really into and think maybe could be the next thing, or maybe it is the thing, but you're just into it? I mean, I've been a junglist for a really long time uh, as a raver. Like, you know, of, as far as like music goes, I would consider myself a raver. I've been going to rave since I'm like 14 years old. Um, and, uh, I'm really happy to see like how much more people are open to receiving that sound is like usually people would just like run away if you play like jungle or drum and bass it's a lot for a lot of people um, and right now we're having a climate where we're seeing drum and bass and jungle like hit you know audiences that it's just in mass especially in North America um, you know, there's a, an artist I really love um, called Nia Archives, who's a UK-based junglist um, who, like, recently opened for Beyonce in London, which is huge. That's yeah. huge. That's that's, that's, that's a new yeah. that's a new place to find that music. 
So it's exciting and I'm really excited to see like where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I guess I'm just curious, like since you brought up Beyonce, like her new album is a dance album. It's a house album. And a lot of people get online and they get upset because she, you know, hasn't been doing that and there's so much culture behind it. And maybe she's like, some might even say appropriating. I don't really want to say that, but because I don't think it really matters. But I'm just curious what you think about when big artists like Beyonce tap into the electronic or the dance music scene and kind of make it their own. Like, is it good for the culture? Is it dangerous because we lose some history? She's done it really well. She's done it with respect to the culture. And she's also, the producers that she has on that album are the right people to be working with and the right people to rep that sound. Um, you know, uh, Mike Q, who's on that record, is like one of the people who was pushing ballroom and like pushing, like, you know, he's from New Jersey, um, but really like pushing that sound. So I, I'm actually really impressed that she does her homework and she's not just someone who's like, you know, like a cultural appropriator in that sense. She actually like went to find out who were the right people to work with when she want, decided she wanted to make that record. And I think that's great because it shines a light on those communities and the people. And then when she did that tour, you know, for that record, everyone that she picked like a lot of my friends were opening for her and everyone that she picked was like a really like not super well-known artist but well-known in our community and like she also like put the right people on so I really think she did that as tastefully as possible and I think that it's great because you know these are obviously like EDM is big but that to me is like that's an appropriation of my culture right so like um you know that it's EDM is more like about like industry and like corporate. It's basically like corporate people like realize that there was music to be made from underground, uh, money to be made from underground dance music. And they, you know, created the structure that is like EDM in the industry. Um, and then, you know, decided not to include a lot of the people that were actually, um, that, that whose culture they were like taking from. So when you see someone do it right and with respect to the culture and really highlighting the people that are pushing that sound, I think it's great for the narrative and it's healthy and it brings a lot more people to it in the right way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've already talked about some people like shouting out some people, but, you know, sticking to this line of, uh, you know, praising the correct, the people that deserve praise, like who are some people right now that you think are just really killing it like and that you look up to oh my gosh there's, so there's, there's probably a lot yeah <laughs> i mean you know as i said like my taste is really eclectic so um uh, like literally there's so many um i'm gonna say i'm 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 really as far as i think that would relate to this probably the people that would be watching your podcast um i say like shout out to nikki nyer um, I think he's really changing stuff. He's coming from the techno world um, and makes a lot, a wide range of music, but he's also managed to like have an influence like in this scene, which I think is really great. I like, I played an edit of his um, that he made of like Ivy Lab's cake um, in my set. And it's like a Jersey club beat, you know? And um, so like to see 
people in this, like it's actually really wild to see Jersey Club like having a huge moment. Obviously, I feel like TikTok has a lot to do with that. Um, but you know, shout out Unique, who's been like really pushing Jersey and repping that sound for a long time. It's crazy to see like people from like like my like little club worlds in New York like doing these huge things. You know, like and. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Oak, I think also would relate to people that might be watching your podcast because he kind of plays in this world a lot too. Um, he's originally from Calgary, uh, Taiwanese Canadian. Um, I love his music. He's more rooted in hip hop. Um, lately he's been doing more like club stuff, but it's kind of, he just explores music but his production's really clean and minimal and like really fun to play. Um, uh, there's an artist uh, called Wise, who's actually here. That's the girl I was talking to. I played one of her tracks um, that I put out on the last compilation that we put out on my label, Worst Behavior Rex. Check out Worst Behavior Rex. Um, so that was volume four. Um, that track has been getting played by like Machine Drum and like Sully who's like her musical like idol and uh, last night when I played um, for G Jones he asked me about the track ID I was like yo G Jones just asked me the track ID for your track and that's like the third track she's ever made um, so uh, you know shout out like women making jungle yeah and uh, I had mentioned her earlier I feel like Nia Archives is someone who's pushing the sound really far. Um, going back to like the UK, I would say Sherelle is probably like the biggest artist that's been pushing like footwork, jungle, and like the hybrid stuff in between there, a lot of turbo stuff. Um, yeah, I, I could kind of go on and on and on. Um, since we're in Chicago, I would say like Ariel Zatina is a really great, um, I guess people kind of more associate her with techno, um, but she's a great artist that's based here in Chicago um, and like really inspiring. No, it's, it's awesome. I feel like all these shout outs only open doors for people to go check them out. So it's, I think it's totally worth mentioning them. Uh, shout out G Jones, that's awesome that you opened up for him. I love. Yeah, I've been doing, I have like, I think that was the second show with him, and then we have one more tomorrow in Austin. Nice. Oh, um, you're moving. Yeah, I was surprised, honestly, to get hit up by him. But it makes sense. We actually share a lot of some early influences. Like, you know, he's a huge Luke Vibert fan, so am I. A lot of what I do is also influenced by, like, Luke Vibert, that era of rave, like, UK rave. You know, he's, like, a legend to me. I think it's amazing that he's been, like, bringing him out on shows you know, he booked his, him for his like Red Rock show. And I think what's interesting to me is like, you know, this sort of scene and community is, um, it's a bit of a culture shock for me when I come into these spaces. It's very different from like, I guess the spaces that I party in. Um, and, um, uh, and I noticed that a lot of the people here don't always really know the roots of the music that they are enjoying so to see someone like him put on you know the people that he's influenced by someone like luke viber you know or like i think he also booked mala for like the red yeah, rock show Mala's also playing uh in chicago with him I'm going to yeah sick yeah. Yeah. yeah so like putting on legends who 
are the origins of a lot of the stuff that people, you know, like, like, but they're not really, like, aware of, I think is, like, it's great to educate, you know? Totally. We just talked to Turney and Sound, and they were talking a lot about education, and I think that it's super important, especially in this community, because it just ties you in deeper, and a lot of people didn't get that. They just heard it from the, what you were talking about, like, the corporate mega structure, yeah, you know? I like this and uh yeah no fault to them but it is enriching to go down that yeah there's a certain kind of like brain or something that does that because there's like tons of really young producers were like the first dance music they heard was like dead mouse or something like that you know but like they're making like super interesting like underground dance music because they just were like brought in and then like like they're digging you know yeah and so i think the proliferation of all these sounds is great because it just like whatever the doorway is right. you know it what gets uh someone's brain percolating and makes them like want to like learn more and know more and like explore themselves and play with sound i think is great yeah for sure it's education's been a big theme of the night and it, yeah it, it has and i think it's really important um I really quickly just wanted to go over the record label and what the plans are for that, what's going on. Um, we just released um, an EP by a Mexican artist that lives in LA called Siete Catorce. It's a collab with him and an artist called Tony Cuatro, who's, I know him from New York, um, good friends of mine. Um, and uh, that EP, Move Like a Fish, is like, uh, really fun it's a lot of like afro influence and latin influence um there's a remix by nikki nair on there and another one by deep lincoln who's a mexican artist um who throws parties in like mexico city and living in san antonio um and uh and then the next release is actually dr jeep um it's like a, a collab uh ep with like a remix by jay kenzo um and uh, yeah, look out for the next Dr. Jeep release on Worst Behavior X. Um, and check out our discography on Bandcamp. Sure. One thing I just wanted to talk about really quick was that, uh, you know, like because your sounds and where you're sourcing everything from is eclectic and worldwide, do you enjoy that that allows you to travel worldwide? Are you like, do you like traveling? And I'm not, we don't have to go down to like the pitfalls of traveling, but I just, I, I'm just curious, like, if you enjoy that lifestyle. I am naturally like a nomad, so it suits me. Uh, I think it's harder for, um, you know, people who, yeah, like if you're if you're not really like a people person and you're more like a studio person, a lot of my friends are like producer, producers, like I'm a DJ first. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, like a long time ago, these were really different roles. They're actually very different skill sets. Yeah. Um, and um, so I noticed that a lot of my friends that are more like DJs tend to be a little bit more extroverted and they have, you know, their brains are wired where they're more like enjoying a lot of input. Um, a lot of my friends that are more like producer, like studio heads, it gets to be a lot for them pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. So I know for them it can be like challenging, but I definitely like thrive on new experiences and like being places I've never been and that's all really entertaining for me. Yeah. Um, the travel, like the not sleep, like I, 
I just got back from Thailand. I had like 10 hours at home and then I had to go to Oklahoma City yesterday and then like I couldn't sleep in my hotel because this guy was like snoring like through the wall and they wouldn't move my room and anyway so I haven't really slept in a while well um but I'll sleep tonight before I have to go to the airport at 11. <laughs> you're, you're moving around yeah I mean that's that's a lot I think for me it would be a lot but also when the opportunity's there you got to take it um I mean, like, the thing is, like, I never, like, planned on living this life. Uh, this is, like, my fourth career. Um, and it was not anything I really saw in the cards. It's just happened really organically, kind of based off of me sort of just, like, following my passion, like, following my, my heart, really. And, like, you have no idea, like, music is so fickle. Like, the industry is really fickle. So, like, you know... People can decide tomorrow that they're not interested in booking me anymore. And like, you know, so I feel like, yeah, while it's like popping, like take the experience if you want it. Better to do it and say you did it than regret not having done it, right? So, yeah. Totally. You gotta strike the iron while it's hot. Um, man, I, I could ask you a lot of questions like about your last careers. Like it's that might be an interesting rabbit hole. Uh, just a fun question to wrap this up, and this might be a little bit of a thinker, but what is something that your audience uh, would be surprised to know about you? My favorite song is Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. I don't know if anyone knows that, but I've been obsessed with it since I was like nine. I heard it in like the sci-fi show about like a vampire cop. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the show, but it was like a day walking vampire cop. And I heard Moonlight Sonata on this like TV show and I've literally been obsessed with it since. And I've never heard a piece of music that I thought was better than that. Wow. I mean, all the odes to the moon, like uh, Claire de Lune, I love me some Debussy. Um, no, that was a good one. That was a good, <laughs> fun, random question. Um, cool. Well, Again, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Where can people find you? Well, um, I guess you can find me on Instagram. I'm kind of the most active there. I've kind of stopped using Facebook a long time ago. I forget to post there a lot. Um, SoundCloud, I still post stuff there. Uh, Spotify. All Anna Morgan. It's, yeah, Anna Morgan DJ. I think most stuff, because Anna Morgan's like a super common name. Yeah, sorry, I also got that midwest and like where we do like chicago so sorry anna morgan i actually don't care how other people pronounce it okay okay cool 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 well especially if you're traveling around the world people are like saying all kinds of weird things you're like yeah you, you got it basically i feel like so long as the attention you know the intention is to like get my attention and it's respectful you know like it's fine it's for good. sure for sure. Cool, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming out. Uh, we'll see you next time.